Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church of St. Paul, located in Roseville, Minnesota. We are a congregation of Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, a congregation that is united in Christ for the sake of the world. Join us for worship in person or via our live stream Sundays at 11 a.m. You can learn more about us by going to FCCStPaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning comes from the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verses 1 uh, through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. For as long as I can remember, I have been taller than most people. I can remember in around fourth grade that I already towered over my abuela, my grandmother. Granted, my grandmother was about five feet tall, and, but to be taller than your grandmother when you're nine years old is a big deal. And I remember I have a picture out there of me and my grandmother my graduate, when I graduated from high school, and I'm there kind of in my um, cap, and, in, and she is standing next to me, and the picture, it looks like she's standing next to a sequoia, um, because I'm just so big compared to her. Of course, when you are tall, you always get those questions. You must be good at basketball. That is what I have been told over and over. I haven't heard that lately. I think once you hit 40, no one really thinks that you're that good at basketball anymore. <laughs> Being of a certain height means that people are going to notice you. And we also assign certain things to being tall. Or we say that someone is standing tall 
it's a sense that they are either doing well or, or a sense of righteousness or good or what have you. Now, if you're the opposite, if you're short, people also notice that. And they notice that so much that there is actually a, a name for a certain way of people, how people act, and it's called short man syndrome. And especially it shows itself with men who tend to be short, they have to be basically loud and proud to kind of project themselves so that people can pay attention to them. Being short, though, also in stature, also has, I would say, moral um, complications. Because it also can mean that you're someone that is of ill repute or not good. Uh, it is interesting that the name of our, one of our central characters today, Zacchaeus, is actually the diminutive name of Zechariah. So even there, this is showing who this person is. And as I said, stature can be more than just inches or centimeters. It can refer to someone's righteousness. I've already told you what it means to stand tall. And as I said, Zacchaeus is short physically, but he's also short morally. Now, if you remember from last week's sermon, we had introduced that character who was a tax collector. Tax collectors were not loved in this time period in Judea and Galilee. They were not loved because they were seen as collaborators. They worked for the Roman Empire. And they... And their job, of course, was what they were. They collect taxes. But they did more than just collect taxes. The empire allowed them, they had to get a certain amount. And of course, they were allowed to take a little bit more, obviously for living and for expenses, all of that stuff. But this was rife for abuse. And Basically, tax collectors would basically steal, getting a lot of money. And Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, so he was probably someone that was uh, the chief the, uh, person that controlled a region and had other people that were also tax collectors. And as the, the text says, he was also rich. So he was profiting off of the oppression of people. So he was not liked. He was not liked by the good people of Jericho. So as Jesus is passing by, and as it says there is a crowd, well, they're going to make sure that he can't see Jesus. This was payback for all of the years that he had fleeced the people. <coughs> And so it makes sense when later on Jesus says that he's going to Zacchaeus' house that he's going with a sinner because he was. They were right. He was a sinner. 
I am reminded of some of the passages in Amos and in Micah that are found that talk about how the prophets come down hard on those who abuse the poor. This was the person that those prophets were talking about. This is not someone Jesus should be hanging out with. And yet, Jesus makes his way down the streets and he stops right at the spot, the tree, where Zacchaeus is in, where he climbed up so that he could get a view of Jesus. A man that was the most hated man in town is sought out and loved by Jesus. That sense of undeserved love, that grace, caused his heart to be changed. And as we see there, he seeks to repair whatever damage he's called. And some scholars have said that his gesture, where he says he's going to pay back everyone and do it even four times, might have been hyperbole. But in the ancient culture, exaggeration revealed intent. So he might not do exactly what he was going to profess, but it expresses his true intent. He was going to live a new life. He was going to make amends. It's just like the hymn, Grace Truly Is Amazing, but it's also offensive. Because we like to talk about how grace is so important and so wonderful. And we act at times, though, that like grace is something that we earn. It's deserved. And it's not given by a generous God. It's given by a God that says, oh, you've done well, so here's some grace. We might say that grace is for everyone. But it is hard to live that out. What if, it, if this took place in a modern era and it was God, uh, Jesus showing grace to someone that was wearing a Make America Great Again cap? Would you shout for joy that Jesus loved this wayward son? Or would you grumble like those people in Jericho saying that Jesus is going to the house of a sinner? Zacchaeus was not some misunderstood person that was really good. He was someone that hurt people. He ruined lives, and he was in good stead with the wrong people. He was a bad guy. And yet, Jesus sought Zacchaeus. He was in the business of healing. And this day, it was about healing this tax collector who would in turn heal those that he had defrauded over the years. Some of you may have heard this in another sermon a few years ago, and I shared this then, and it reminded me of this now. Daryl Davis is a musician jazz musician. He's actually worked with a lot of different artists over the years, big names. 
Little Richard and Chuck Berry and the recently departed Jerry Lee Lewis. But being a musician isn't what he's known for. On an evening in 1983, a gentleman came up to him after a concert, and the two had drinks afterwards, and the stranger admitted that it was surprising that he was talking to Davis, since he was a member of the Ku Klux Klan, and Davis was an African-American. This got Daryl thinking. For years, he had had this question in his head, one that sprang from an incident when he was 10 years old and in the, in the Cub Scouts. He was in a parade and white people started in the crowd started throwing trash at him. And his parents later explained to him, racism to him and it led him to wonder and ask this question. How could people hate him when they didn't know him? And so this encounter years later in the early 80s made him decide he was going to start relationships with Klansmen. And there is footage of him at Klan rallies. A little odd seeing this lone African-American at a Klan rally. And invited Klansmen to his concerts and to his home to meet his friends who obviously represented a diverse people, as most musicians have diverse relationships. There is, again, footage where he became friends with the Imperial Dragon, who is basically the head of all Klansmen in the United States. His name is Roger Kelly. And in an television interview, it was interesting. Kelly said that he enjoyed the relationship, but he believed that his views on race hadn't changed, except they did. Over time, their relationship brought about a change in Kelly. And that evidence of that change was that he left the Klan and he gave his Klan outfit to Daryl. And Daryl has created relationships over the decades with Klansmen over and over. And he has actually a closet full of Klansmen costumes of their, of their robes of people who gave that up. It was a sign of him having relationships with people, not shaming them, but simply sitting down and talking to them. Daryl is a living embodiment of grace. That's what it means when Jesus goes to Zacchaeus' home. And that's what the public sees. That old Sunday school song about Zacchaeus being a wee little man, is, you know, the wee, many people have heard it. But most of the people in that town would have called him a wee little you-know-what. And it rhymes with hit. Grace is offensive, and it still is offensive today. 
the news is still early on all of this, so I don't want to immediately jump into conclusions, but it's been disturbing to watch the news and see how our discourse about politics is taking place here in America. Of course, on Friday morning, many of us heard about the attack on Paul Pelosi, who is the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. And it's disturbing because this is part and parcel of this increasingly disturbing narrative of political violence that is becoming more and more salient in our society. In a recent New York Times interview with um, Maine Senator Susan Collins, she has even said that she would not be surprised if at some point or some senator or representative is killed by political violence. We are becoming, as a nation, increasingly hateful towards people of the other party. The index of favorable feelings towards the opposing party has basically cratered over the last 40 years. And this is interesting. Most people are okay with marrying, if their child marries someone of another race. They are not okay if they marry someone of a differing political party. This all has dire implications for our nation. Because when partisan animosity gets to a point where we are hating one another, where we are committing violent acts towards one another, well, it can mean that we are not far from democratic collapse. So what does this passage mean to us now? What does it mean for this congregation? Last week, I talked about the centrality of the communion table. It is at Christ's table that we are all equal. There isn't Republican or Democrat. There isn't black or white. There isn't those who watch Fox News or those who watch MSNBC. There are just sinners, people who God has sought out to bring healing for ourselves and for the world. We need to remember that what happens at this table, and we need to remember the one who offered grace to the biggest sinner in town, not because he did anything to earn it, because he didn't, but simply because he sought out a sinner and wanted to bring him healing. And Jesus does the same to us today. He seeks us out. We don't seek God. God seeks us and gives us grace and gives us and, and saves us. Zacchaeus was a small man in stature and in heart. But he was sought out by God 
and he was invited in. And because of God's love, he became the tallest man in town. Thanks be to God. Amen. So now we come... We hope this week's sermon was nourishment for your soul. If you would like to listen to past sermons, watch past worship services, leave a prayer request, or get directions to our worship location, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. May God be with you on your daily journey. Thank you.